There is a risk of loss in futures and options trading. We discuss profitability as it pertains to the business as a whole and not the hedging account specifically. The information contained in this publication is taken from sources believed to be reliable but is not guaranteed by FPC nor any other affiliates, subsidiary, or employee collectively referred to as FPC and is intended for the purpose of information and education only. Nothing therein should be considered as a trading recommendation by FPC. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Welcome to the Future Profits Podcast. I'm your co-host, Trevor Smith, joined by Adam Hooker, as always. It's Good our afternoon. S- second episode here. We're getting getting fired up. I know the first episode, we rambled a little bit about what we want to cover uh, moving forward and, and kind of why we're doing it. Today, we're going to dive into our first topic and really focus on risk management, you know, the core basis of our business and the podcast and why we do what we do. So I guess we kind of used through the word risk management around quite a bit um, in the first podcast and just kind of wanted to give Adam a chance to elaborate on kind of if you just posed the simple question, what is risk management? Adam, how would you explain that? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, every industry has got its own jargon, its inside terminology. And I'd say spending most of my career in the pork industry, risk management was just what we kind of called marketing. You know, you'll hear like grain marketing sometimes, but if we're talking to people in professional circles and you mentioned marketing, they're thinking advertising promotion and and trying a, a different line than what we think about in agriculture as marketing. And so what risk management means to me is the the integration of pricing and inputs and trying to manage margin or be profitable. So how do we manage our revenue and how do we manage our expenses? And you put those two together, you got risk management. So you'll hear us throughout this podcast. And even as we're you know working with clients, if they're listening, they'll hear us say risk management a lot. And what we're really talking about is pricing and inputs and how do we protect those to manage margin or profitability. So now that we've kind of got that out of the way, what what is risk management? I thought we'd be good to cover that before we rambled on too long, just using the, the term without kind of clarifying it. So we're kind of going to go through today why, why we utilize risk management or why we're believers in it. And I guess the first point we've got is that farmers, producers, ranchers, you know, you're going to continue to produce and farm forever. When there, you know, there's ups and downs in the market uh, each year. You know, we've experienced that just in the past year. The the downs of the downs and the highs of the highs. So, you know, when when you're looking at the the downside and the markets don't look good, it's not like we just put a pause on on buying pigs. You know, you've got contracts going out. Um, you know, when when pigs are coming in or you know your crops in the ground, you're not just going to put a pause and say, oh, I'm just not going to plant this year. 2020 doesn't look good. Not going to put a crop in the ground. I'm just going to stop. So, you know, with that, you've got the the cost in. We're always going to keep doing it. So we've got to be able to manage the risk management side of it there. And there's a couple risks there too, Trevor. There's, there's pricing, but there's also production, right? So there's one thing that's inherent about agriculture. It's that we have production risk. We, we work with live animals and we work with live plants for the most part which makes us a little unique. We can have risk in our production line that isn't because someone didn't show up to work, it's because mother nature didn't rain or some kind of disease hit our livestock, whatever it is. So we've got more risk in what we do than most businesses have got at all because production risk is number one. You know, Number two is kind of the pricing risk which you were talking about. So 
not only are we raising a product or growing a product and trying to sell a product, but we don't even get to set the price of that product, right? So we don't, we don't get to choose what kind of profit margin we want and then go sell it. We're a commodity-based business. We've got price discovery. There's a, there's a board of trade that has a price out there of corn, and now we're, we're living and working in the, that environment. So the risk management and really the risk of the business in agriculture is, is quite different than a lot of businesses. So it's, in our opinion, that's why it's critical to manage that risk. Let me know if I'm getting ahead of myself here with this next question, but you know, you really hammered home, you know, we've got the production and price risk. When looking at prices, that production risk is always in the back of people's minds. How would you address the concern about doing anything out into the future with that product? Because you're never going to take that production risk to zero. There's always going to be some sort of production risk there. How do you frame that conversation with people that are worried about production as they should be? Because it's always a threat. Yeah, a very common question or concern that we get when we start working with people or we start talking about the concept of utilizing risk management. And the reality is we never really have a total crop failure. We never really have a, a complete devastation of our of our livestock, whether it's pigs or cattle or whatever. We have some hiccups from time to time and we have some major setbacks, but there hasn't been a year where somebody harvested zero or all of their pigs or all of their cattle died. And so there's kind of an expected production expectation that we've got that it's pretty predictable that we will produce within a range. We know it can be really good and we know it can be pretty poor. And somewhere in between really good and pretty poor is average. And we kind of start there. And then as things move and develop and we got more certainty around how production's going, we just adjust it along the way. So right now we're, we're what, July 1st, and uh, we're in the middle of a crop growing season Things started out a little dicey, a little bit warm, a little short on moisture. People didn't have a lot of confidence in, in what they had in the field, and there was, there was concern. Now, rains have started to come more frequently across the greater part of the Corn Belt. Our confidence starts to grow. So now we're starting to shift our expectation of our crop from which was average to maybe below average, now back to above average again. And we've done that all in about a three-week period of time. So being able to kind of move that pendulum depending on what's happening to help you understand what we're working with, I think helps people feel a little more confident or at least sets that baseline understanding of we're not going to go protect record crop or maximum amount of production through a pork operation or whatever it is. We're going to do reasonable, right? Very predictable, very achievable given normal circumstances. Anything less than that, and I think you're kind of cheating yourself on the opportunities that we maybe can capitalize on. Yeah, and I think there's also a way to factor in other insurances kind of as like a production safety net. You kind of see people blending that in some capacity. You know, you've got in the crop insurance world, you know, your yield protection, you can kind of utilize that with what we're going to call risk management um, on the the pricing side. Do you, I mean, th they work hand in hand, don't they? Yeah, I think there's there's also tools out there that kind of give us the confidence to utilize the strategy or, or at least the philosophy of risk management, right? So there's the crop insurance and those safety nets, maybe is a good word to call them, that ultimately, if you were worried about not having the commodity, we've got a backdrop there that's going to provide you some, some kind of assurance that it's okay. But most of the time, it's not needed, right? We produce within a range of what we expect almost always. We're kind of talking about a bunch of different tools and that's what I've got down next is that 
comparing farming to other industries, other industries, they can go out and set, set their price. They decide what it is. They know what they produce and they can set their price and, and sell it from there as long as the demand is there. We don't have that ability, but we've already, you know, we've talked about a couple tools that we can use to really kind of extend our price protection, if you will, further out into the future. And there are multiple ways of going about it. It's not just a board of trade type thing. You've got other tools as well as far as, you know, just going to a packer or going to a, you know, doing your forward sales and you can kind of blend it and use all the tools in the toolbox we say quite a bit. Yeah, I'm going to back it up a little bit there before we get into the tools and, and talk a little bit about control. So the other industries that create a product, which we do in ag, we grow corn and beans and we raise hogs and cattle, we're creating products. They get ultimately set a price of their, of their product when they sell it. So their goal is to produce it for the least amount possible and sell as many of them as they can at the price that achieves a margin. Well, Again, agriculture is unique in the aspect that the better we are at what we do, and we're the best in the world in the United States, but the better we are at it, the harder it is for us to make money because we produce more of it more efficiently than anybody else in the world, which ultimately in a commodity-based industry, the more of it that's available, the less the price, right? Supply and demand. So if there's more supply available, that drives the price down because it's just not in very high demand. So that... That aspect is is uh, unique to agriculture, which is why the approach of utilizing risk management and trying to manage margins and profitability is so critical because we don't get to set our price, but we believe you are in control, right? You can start following a process and a system for making decisions that can eliminate or at a minimum reduce the price risk that you've got in your commodity. But what we got to know is, is it profitable for you or not? So you got to understand that cost of production, just like the Apple iPhone, they know what it costs to make it. They're trying to sell it for X. We got to kind of know what it costs to produce it. And then we got to go try and protect it at whatever value is profitable. But I think one of the misnomers about agriculture is uh, farmers or ranchers or producers feel like they're not in control, but really they have the ability to be in control if they're willing to look at the tools that are available and how they can utilize them to minimize the risk. So that maybe leads into the question you were asking about the toolbox. I think I was gonna circle back quick and you, you covered my next thought that there there is more control than we think, than originally thought. If you've never understood risk management or explored it, you might think, oh, I'm just at the, the will of the market and the day I've got to sell whatever it is I've got to sell. And our philosophy is that there is a lot more control possibility than that. And I, I think back to a conversation that we had probably, I don't know, a month ago, end of May, beginning of June, and still to this day, for the most part, we've had, you know, really good crop prices out there. And we were talking, what other industry has the ability to go out to the end of 2023 as we sit here in May of 2021 and protect a price. You know, now I know, you know, there's not a high liquidity out there and you might not be able to sell the full amount of bushels that you're going to produce and you're not going to know what your inputs are necessarily, uh, but extent, you, you know where they are now and, and what of inflation, I guess you could call it in today's day and age, you can estimate that and still see, hey, we can have profitable levels in 2023, like if as we sit here today in 2021. And some other industries even don't have that option, right? Coronavirus, we throw back to that, 
threw a wrench in everybody's plans. The, the I'm just thinking the crew, the cruise line was one of the most heavily affected, right? If, if they had the ability to manage risk in some capacity and go out three years from now and kind of protect cruise sales, they would have loved it in the middle of 2020. They would have loved to have sales at whatever amount and, and have them on the books. Instead, something like that happens and they've got nothing and kind of ruins everything that they've got. And there is something to ag that we can take advantage of. We can go to the end of 2023 right now and protect profitable levels. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it, it's a little bit of a change in mindset about how you're looking at your business and how your business operates. Focus on profit, not prices, right? So if we've got profitability, like you're talking about one year, two year, three years out, the cruise line can't, I mean, they can maybe put some sales on the books for three years out, but if they can't sail their ship, there is no profit to be made, right? So they can't go hedge that that risk because there just isn't a product avail available to do that. That's where ag is awesome. We've got a lot of tools. We've got a board of trade. We've got futures markets. We have these things that we can use to help solidify some of that. And so, again, the the risk management, it's about profit, not prices. And, and if people can make that mind shift from what's the price going to do today and start thinking about what is the price doing for my operation today, we can start moving a lot quicker into less stress, more success, consistent profitability. When you're consistently profitable, now other opportunities start to present themselves. Growth, transition, whatever they might be. But if you're not making money or you're not making much money, it's hard to move the needle in a lot of other aspects in the business that maybe have interest. I think kind of going off of that, it really comes down to a big difference between hedging and speculating, right? There's there's the market bias and, and really if you're market bias and you think it's going one way, are you are you hedging or are you being speculative? Right? And, you know, you're looking when you talk about looking at our business and what what does profitable things for us that we, we want to treat it as a hedge and not be super speculative. And, and with any, you know, there's going to be some speculative, you've got some sort of bias somewhere in everything that you do. But if we, you know, at our core and the core of the business is to hedge and be profitable, we can stick to that. And we have that opportunity well into the future. Definitely. Speculation leaks its way in just inevitably in, in what we do, because people do think the market's going to do this, or if they're not getting rain, they feel like the market should do this or it should do that. You know, that's where I think we try to utilize information, right? So use information to help support the decision-making. If we've spent the time or our listeners, our clients have spent the time and they know what their cost of production is, they know what profitability is, it makes for an easier decision to make. If you haven't, you're not really sure what you're protecting with your hedge, right? So it feels a little like speculation. Like, am I picking a good price right now? Is this a high price? Because if it's a high price, it's the best that you can do. If it's profitable, it's good for you, period. So, you know, that, that always kind of starts to make its way in and, and we'll utilize a lot of times seasonality, right? Typically we see high prices come here. So by being patient and not acting, are we speculating? No, what we're, what we're doing is what we're looking at information that tells us a high percentage of the time, our best opportunity for higher prices is here. And even though we might have profitability today, that doesn't mean you should go in and secure 100% of, of your business revenue and profitability today. But it could if it was good enough. So there's, there's certain levels of profitability that drive different kind of action. So it's really 
company specific, it's business specific. What are your goals? You know, how much risk are you willing to take and what kind of profitability are we turning away if we're not taking action today? And then how often do you see people that are new to, you know, using the board or risk management as a whole? How often do they worry about, oh, shoot, we sold last week and now we're four dollars higher or 50 cents higher in corn? Or how do you address that? I think, you know, one thing that I'll I'll just throw it out there and then I'll let you elaborate, but you just talk about constantly moving it further out into the future, right? If if we've sold something with, it's at the profitable levels that you've already been talking about. So it's not a bad thing, a bad sale or a bad protection, but if it's up higher, probably move that target out further into the future. Is that kind of how you would elaborate on that? Yeah. So one of the challenges when you're working with the market is that next week there's a chart from this week. And you can look back and we can see where price went after we made a decision. So that hindsight to look back and and say, oh, I wish we wouldn't have done that because now the market's $4 higher. But in the moment, if we go back to that moment, we say, hey, we were hitting our goals, we were profitability. That's why we made that decision. Support that decision with the information and why we did it. And it's a heck of a lot easier to live with. Now, when that price moves up, our opportunity most of the time is that profitability is existing at higher levels than what we thought and for a longer period of time than what we thought. So how do we capitalize? It's not by worrying about the sale we made last week that's now $4 lower than where the market's at or 50 cents under where the market's at. It's by adding to our sales at higher levels and adding to the period of time that profitability opportunities exist. But most of the time, people are getting hung up in the past, right? They're looking at the chart, they're looking back and they're regretting the decision they made instead of being proactive in continuing to make those good decisions because nobody knows what the market's gonna do. And when it turns, it turns quick. And if this year is is proven anything, it's that volatility is very much alive in the commodity markets and we're going to see big price swings up and down. We've got, you mentioned earlier, coronavirus. We've got some new factors that affect globally every industry. And they're affecting our markets too. And so do we do we end up with volatility kind of taming down over time? Possibly. I think as information speeds up and these new risks become more prevalent, volatility is only going to increase. So we got to figure out how can we thrive with volatility and, and take advantage of the market and not be taken advantage of by the market. One thing that I think um, is pretty neat is I think about, you know, you're talking about not worrying about um, looking back, but instead... You know, taking advantage of the new opportunity that's out in front of us is you always tell a story about 2014 to 2015 in the hog industry. I don't know if you want to kind of talk about that really quick. Or, I mean, it's pretty it's a pretty simple story, but it, it's important and kind of explains kind of how we view things and what, what happens. Anybody that's listening that's in the pork industry knows in 2014, we had a new disease introduced to our country called PED, and it eliminated a pretty substantial percentage of the pigs that were born. So we just, in a matter of weeks, maybe it lasted four or five months, the, the spread of PED around the countryside. So our supply shrunk and it shrunk very quickly. And again, in a supply and demand world, you start affecting that supply, the quantity supplied, and now all of a sudden that price starts to move and we got some very high prices. And at that point in time in 2014, you know, I was at Brenneman's for probably six or seven years at that point in time, we were big believers in risk management have been since the early years there. So we naturally had a lot of coverage on. As the market kept going up, we were increasing our percentage of coverage. Well, prices went way higher than anybody ever thought. 
you know, record high prices, $120, $130 future prices. And we were making sales at values that were much, much lower than that, but they were the greatest values that we'd ever sold before. So instead of trying to figure out how do we deal with the existing hedges we had on, we stuck with the philosophy and the approach of if it's good, it's probably good for a long time, and it was. The prices out there were very high. Going out into the future, 10 months, 12 months, 14 months out, can't do anything about the hedges we have out. Now, you can speculate and you can pull them off, but that's not what we did. We hedged and you removed them as you were selling pigs. The hedges were way against you, so the risk of pulling them off and the market change was pretty great. So you managed through that period of time, take off your hedges that the market is against you, but they were extremely profitable. By the time we got to 2015, prices that were once at $90 were $60. So we saw, I don't know, 20 to $30 drop in our market prices. And if you were a producer that was trying to work yourself into being open because you wanted to get on this wave that was so high, well, you got on that wave, but then a few months later, it came crashing to the shore and it left you washed up. We just kept adding coverage at great prices for a long period of time. And we had a better 2015 year than we did 2014. And 2014 was record. So being out in front of it, when it gives you a good opportunity, it works. You know, and, and being able to consistently make money brings a different peace of mind to your business that until you've experienced it, you just don't know because you're typically riding that roller coaster ride of market prices. And I'm sure as, as 2014 was going on, you know, there there's lenders that you were working with and they were they're comparing you or, you know, your business and your hog feeding operation compared to other ones and other ones and just kind of looking at the scope of, you know, all their, their pork businesses that they've got. And I'm just comparing, you know, earlier years when they were looking at 2014, they were probably like, dang, like, what's going on here? All these other producers are maybe making more percentage-wise, I'm going to say percentage-wise, making more than they had been in the 2013, 2012, 2011. Why, why are you guys not doing that? Um, but, you know, through the financial projection stuff, I'm sure you're able to kind of show, hey, well, with the prices that we're at, and we've hedged into that, look at our, our 2015 that we've already got on the books, and we're X, X amount covered all the way through 2015 at some of these values. And, I'm, and I know you've, you've talked about it before that and they, they enjoy being able to see some of that stuff that leads to where we were going next as far as using risk management to please um, people that you're maybe affiliated with and who, who likes to see you guys, who likes to see producers using risk management. And lenders kind of ends up towards the top of our list because you can show that stability or security um, looking out into the future. And I kind of transition there, but I, I'm just Im- imagining that as they were looking at 2014, they're kind of like, dang, like maybe it could have been better. But as you kind of showed 2015 and 16, as you're able to show what was coming down the pipeline, they were, they were like, okay, it's going to be okay. Yeah, I think if the lender has the, the lack of vision and they're comparing your prices at a point in time like that to where the market is, it's a pretty short-sighted view of the operation. And so we were fortunate enough to have a great lender that, that understood what we were doing. You know, they're, they're actually proponents of risk management. And so they knew, even though we secured those prices, we were doing it because it was good for our business. And so there wasn't, there wasn't really any criticism at that point in time, but that does happen. And that happens quite frequently where maybe they're comparing, boy, you're getting this price over here and this guy's getting this price that really wasn't a very good move. Well, good is relative to what's it doing for your business, right? So if, again, we made a business decision because it was exceeding our goals of profitability, it wasn't a wrong decision. We didn't know where the market was going to go. Nobody does. But being out in front of it, and then you had mentioned sharing information with your lenders. So if if we can now illustrate through projections, forecasting of 
why we did that, how, how good it's going to be for us, and you can show your lender or you can show somebody, then the, it erases all, all the doubt and it just becomes, yeah, good decision, right? Again, that, that's using information to support the decision-making process, which is what, it, what we try to do. It's what it's all about. And we talk about markets, but it's as much about having that supporting business financial information. What's it doing for cash flow and profitability and how does it build your liquidity? All of those things are equally important as that's a risk management tool is that financial information. So you talk about lenders being big proponents of risk management. I think just in my time, I've really noticed producers as they at first, it's a little bit of maybe not a shock. It all depends on what the market does. Right. And, and how your reaction is one month into it. But I think over time, producers see the value and, and, and the name of the game is risk management because they know when they go to bed at night, hey, we're getting X price for how long? There's only so much risk on the table. We've only got 10% of the next two months You know, is open to the market and, and is risky, I guess you would call it, in the, the gambling world. So you've got that sense of security. And I think as producers utilize risk management and see it, see the process through, they become big proponents of it just from that security standpoint. And going back to what we talked about, I think maybe in the previous episode about just being able to focus on production and go out and produce well, because if that falls apart, none of it maybe matters as much. Just being able to focus on production and keep improving that aspect of the business. Yeah, there, there's a definite success cycle that follows with risk management. And like anything, when you try to do something new, Murphy's Law is going to make it difficult for you to change your habit, to change your ways it's going to be tough. You're, going to, you're trying to change how you've done business for a long time. And without question, it seems like almost every year, anytime we bring on somebody new and we start working ourselves into some strategies, something changes. And it's always going to change. It's a, it's a changing landscape all the time. And we started Future Profits Consulting in 2018. And about the summer of 2018, we experienced some of the lowest prices we had seen in a long time. And it felt like why are we in the pork business, right? Grain prices were low, pork prices were low, it was terrible. By the time we hit the spring of 2019, we were back to $100 hogs. Here comes China, they're gonna be our savior, this is great, all right, prices are gonna be high, China's here to save us, they're gonna be high forever. Three months later, we said, you know, we were the lowest value we'd seen in June and July for several years. So you, you start looking at, it doesn't matter when you started in there, you were right away met with some very low prices, then some high prices, and then low prices. And then we followed it up with 2020 and the coronavirus, taking prices to as low as we've seen since 1998 in the pork business and corn prices that we thought, and actually in some places were sub $3, to by the time we ended the year, now we have corn on the move, we've got hogs on the move, and everything is moving back towards, again, record prices. So it's going to be challenging in there. But until you work that success cycle through of you, you, t you implement a strategy, you take action to put it in place, you let those actions materialize results, and the results are about what you thought they were, now you believe in the process. And the benefit that our clients have got now is we've lived through up cycles and down cycles in a pretty short period of time, and they've seen it work. And now that confidence grows, and the comfort level with the philosophy of taking advantage of the margins and worrying about profit and not price actually reduces the stress level in their operation. So we can have sales that are well under where the market's at today. And I think a lot of our clients feel very good because they know it's done and they've got some certainty and they took control. It was on their terms. It wasn't on the market moving around terms of the market moving 
or hearing a neighbor talk about their selling right now. So they feel like maybe I should sell right now because I don't know when a good time is. And if he's selling, then it must be good. Taking over that control or not taking over, but giving control back to your business and then executing on it and putting that plan in place. So I, I think that reduction in stress will will help overpower that desired not change or the difficulty that that there is when you're when you're trying to change and do something different. That all kind of circles back to the conversation earlier about comparing farming to other industries, right? Where other industries aren't going to bed at night wondering what their price is going to be. It's like, hey, this is our price through X amount and until crazy inflation or something happens, this is this is what we're rolling with on all of our products. And that's kind of the security that we attempt to have with with everybody. Yeah. And, and and if something does change on those businesses, they just change their price to try and maintain margin and, and market share, right? So if my inputs go up or my labor cost has got to change to keep people coming up to work and we want to maintain a margin, we just go increase our price a little bit and continue to try and market it and sell it. And if if it doesn't work, okay, maybe you're going to take a little less margin to keep that product moving, but they ultimately get to make that decision. That's the difference is we don't get to make that decision in terms of price. Now we can take control and take action on the prices if they're good, but we don't get to set that price. So tricky. Around um, risk management, I guess, uh, just kind of finishing up the, the who likes the utilization of it. Is there anybody else outside of, you know, producers sleeping easier at night and lenders um, having that uh, certainty into the future? Any other big people that you can think of, you know, related to a business that really like risk management and having that certainty? Mostly farm wives, you yeah. know, the, the, uh, everybody's wife likes their operation to make money. So I think number one is the producers that utilize it. It changes the way they feel about it. They actually feel better. So they're number one. Number two is your lender now has some certainty around repayment of loans, cash flow needs. Um, they have an idea of how much protection and how certain profitability has been secured out in the future. So now they have a bunch of information that supports a continued strong relationship there. And then I, I said it kind of jokingly, but seriously, I think the the spouses appreciate a proactive approach to making money instead of just wondering, how's it going to be this year? You know, how's it going to be next year? I don't know who else in the, in the picture of things, maybe uh, in a transition situation, you know, if we've got, if we've got the next generation coming in, I think from our experience in the last couple of years, I'd say that the younger generation is less likely to tolerate the amount of risk that maybe the older generation is used to tolerating. So dad or grandpa that has just marketed corn when it feels right or needs money and not sure if that's making any money with this next generation coming on, they don't necessarily think that way. They want more certainty. So they're looking at an operation and saying, what do you mean you don't know if you're going to make money next year? Like, that's not a very good plan. Shouldn't we be doing something different? And so what we've seen is when we're engaging with the multi-generational operations, that next generation is very interested in a process that provides certainty and profitability as opposed to one that is risk and very unstructured and undisciplined. Okay, so here I am sitting. I'm, I'm listening to this conversation that we've just had for this long, and I'm like, I'm fired up. I'm ready to get started. I need to, I need to do something. I can have more control. How would you recommend I get started? Where, where should I go to first? To like, what's an, uh, an easy, maybe, maybe easy is not the best way to do it. Maybe we don't do easy. Maybe you just jump in, you know, dive into the deep end there. Or how would you kind of tiptoe someone in or kind of just jump in and do it? You kind of, depends, depends on the tolerance, I'm sure. So I would start, I would start with a couple simple steps. 
Number one is outline what your production is. How much do you have? Like, what are you expecting to raise? What are you expecting to grow? And then from there, work it into what does it cost me to produce it? So if I know how much I have and what it's going to cost to produce it, we can now apply current price levels to our cost per unit, whether it's pigs, grain, doesn't matter. We, we can start to figure out what our cost of production is because without our cost of production, we don't know how to calculate profit margin. And so it starts with what am I producing? How much does it cost me to produce? If you can start there and you can identify those two things, you've got, you've got a solid foundation for at least taking decision-making to the next level. If you don't know those, it's really tough to make a decision because you and I can't tell somebody if today's price is any good, if we don't know what the heck it costs for them to raise it. And so until we can do that, you really can't make any decisions or the decisions you're making are purely going to be market-based. And so again, let's put more information around it. So I've got my information. Now I'm, I'm ready to do some sort of, of strategy. Is there some strategies that you'd say are better for new to risk management people or would you, it really depends on the operation? No, for sure. So again, depending on your experience in, in the risk management world or marketing, right? If you've used the board of trade before or not, again, what we've seen here in the last couple of years is there's a, there's a good place to start that is less risk but very effective. And that's that's the forward price contracts. So don't worry about the board of trade. Don't worry about margin calls or, and all of that. Go sell a good price if it's good. Go to your processor, go to your packer, just sell it. And I think that is more likely a faster route to complete the success cycle than maybe a futures or an option strategy or some some other different tool that we can put in its place that might do the same thing. But that's one that takes not a lot of capital and high level of certainty about what you're going to get and, and you kind of start there. You say the futures and options might be a little harder to complete the success cycle. I'm guessing that's because of, you know, just being able to ride out the sensitivity to, to margin calls throughout the process. You've got more capital invested up front and not like if, if you sit here today and go sell something in December on the board, you know, we're susceptible to margin calls and that price fluctuation on the board versus if we just go and sell it to a producer packer at the end, it's, it's just set there and we don't realize the capital difference, I guess, until we get to that day. Is that kind of... Yeah, every, every strategy's got is it's, its advantages and disadvantages. And so when I say something simple, what you're giving up is flexibility. So if we go sell forward price to a processor, it's known we are going to deliver a, a defined amount at a certain price to them, period. Now the Board of Trade is more flexible. We don't have to deliver anywhere, but we can still protect a price level. But with that comes capital risk now. So now we've got to post margin to hold a position and we've got to margin day to day as the market moves which takes capital but it can also give capital too and so there's there is some flexibility in that that again depending on your risk tolerance has got value as long as you understand what the advantages and disadvantages are of of both of those they essentially accomplish the same thing it just is each operation is unique and i wouldn't say one is better than the other it's just some fit better in places than others Okay, now we've we've talked about it. We've touched on it. Margin margin call. You just want to give your simple understanding of money in is not necessarily bad, and kind of how you would explain that right away. Yeah, I wish margin call was a four letter word because it pretty much is in agriculture, right? Nobody likes margin calls, 
and, and really understanding margin calls is a little bit tricky in of itself. But I think what gets lost more often than not is the accounting for what's happening when margin calls and the money flow is changing hands. And so that's where most people go wrong is as you're making forward sales on the board of trade, it's taking capital today to hold those positions and maybe margin those positions. But those are for sales that aren't going to come for three, four, five, six, maybe 12 months in time. But if you're not accounting for those correctly and you're showing a current period cash movement and expense, you can over exaggerate or overstate the loss in a period. In fact, you could be profitable in a period, but you had enough margin call existing that it looks like from a cash basis, you're losing money. So you have to be able to account for it correctly. And that's, that's something that we, we diligently work on and track so we can actually show you the success of the decision you made and not make it based on the movement of cash because the movement of cash is different than profitability. And that to me, and in our experience has been where people get lost in the shuffle is if they can't account for it or they're just accounting for it all in this period and, and treating it as a loss, it's not giving you, you're not getting a clear picture. And so that can maybe mislead you as to what's, has it been good or bad for you? I also think about like being, let's just, for example, throw out like a, a 50% um, coverage, somebody that's 50% covered in a period as the price moves higher. A 50% sold, I'm going to say somebody that's selling either corn or livestock and the market moves higher. You're going to have, you're going to experience that margin on that 50% that you've got sold, but you've also got to be able to grasp that the other 50% that has no coverage and no forward sales has just picked up value by more than just what you just margined in. Being able to grasp that the other 50% is, is benefiting by more than what, what your margin is going to be into the, that account. Correct. Yeah. So the margin, as that market's going up, we're, we're sending margin call money in, but that commodity, we've got the hedge against that crop or livestock, whatever it is. So even though we're, we're losing money on our hedge, we still own the commodity that's gaining in value. So effectively, we're going to end up where we thought we sold our price on the board. So we're going to sell physical. We're, we might have a board position loss, but we're going to get more for our commodity. That hedge works. The secret sauce is the other 50% that is getting a better price. Again, better than what our goals were, better profitability, better for the business. And uh, and further out, more more opportunity on, like we talked about earlier, right? Further right out. Right away, when the tide is in, you got to take advantage of it. Because anybody that's listened that's been doing this for any kind of time, high prices don't stick around very long. The two-year cycle that you just went through since, I'm going to say since I've, well, that's even before, you know, before I joined, but th that two-year window from summer of 18 to the summer of 20, to the end of 20, let's say two and a half years, right? I mean, up, down, up, down. $30 hogs to $120 hogs in less than 12 months. That's, that's a lot of volatility, but that's a lot of opportunity too. And there was plenty of opportunity in front of $30 hogs to not be experiencing that. And there was still plenty of opportunity today to not experience $30 hogs or $3 corn. And so you just have to, you know, you look at any one of these markets, they're all high. Some are higher than ever. It's inverted in every ag market right now. Those front months are the highest, but the back months are still terrific. So there's an opportunity here to capitalize. For sure. I don't know if you got anything else to add on. Do we kind of roll through everything there on, on why we like risk management and kind of why we promote it and are, are big believers in it, obviously. Yeah, I, I think we started the episode by talking about what is it, and and hopefully we've done a good job kind of explaining what risk management is, why 
the why behind it, I think, is as important as what it is. So once we understand it, that's great. Why would we do it? Why would we change the way we do business? I believe we're, we're experiencing it with our clients, and I've experienced it for 14, 15 years, however long I've been doing this. We can be consistently profitable year in and year out if we follow the process and the philosophy of if there is a margin out there that meets our goals, do we really care when it is? Let's go capitalize on it and try to manage profitability and not prices. If we can do that, you can make money year in and year out in agriculture. And as long as we can produce. As long as we can produce, right. So yeah, like like Adam said, I hope I hope this helped everybody that's listening kind of get a feel for what we believe and, and why we believe it. And if you got any other questions or anything else that we maybe skipped over or whatever, I think I, I threw out an email last time. And, and if you got other topic ideas, be sure to let us know. We got an email. Well, one signing off thing I'd say, Trevor, we say this in our presentations when we speak, and I think it kind of fits in here as we're, as we're wrapping up. Hindsight is foresight's worst enemy. As you look backward at market prices and charts and you start second guessing, it's typically bad news. So hindsight's foresight's worst enemy and insight is a solution. What is it doing for your business? Support the decision for what it is, a good decision, and, and keep moving forward and don't look backwards. Learn from the past but don't look backwards and dwell on it. For sure. If I was sitting in this room, you know, a week ago, I could have told you what the best market move was, but we, we all know that, right? Like that's it. We've already experienced that a couple of times just within the past two days, but it's changing. We don't know what it's going to do moving forward. We've just got to be able to take advantage of the opportunities that are out there and utilize them to the, to the best of our ability. And I think deep down listeners, they can relate to what we're talking about because they've been living it a long time. And the roller coaster ride of prices go up, you feel good, they come down, we hope they go back, they keep coming down, we settle for less. Change the process, change the outcome. So if you've got a problem, you make it a process and you no longer have a problem in, anymore. The, the process is simple, but it's not easy, right? It's always going to be challenging like I talked about before, but you can change it and you can take control. So like I was getting to earlier, if you got any questions or topic ideas uh, for us to cover moving forward, We've got a Gmail address. Shoot us an email at futureprofitsconsulting at gmail.com or check us out on the web at future-profits.com. Um, until, until next time, we look forward to talking to you. There is a risk of loss in futures and options trading. We discuss profitability as it pertains to the business as a whole and not the hedging account specifically. The information contained in this publication is taken from sources believed to be reliable but is not guaranteed by FPC nor any other affiliates, subsidiary, or employee collectively referred to as FPC and is intended for the purpose of information and education only. Nothing therein should be considered as a trading recommendation by FPC. Past performance is not indicative of future results.